a, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, actually, a couple months ago, uh, I decided I was going to get out and get a little exercise, uh, and I was going to go for a hike. Now, how many of you know it's been hot this summer, right? I, I hope you haven't even looked. I hate to even ruin your day. The heat index today is 107. Like, it's going to be, it's gonna, go, go find a rock and hide under it. It's going to be brutal. Well, I decided, uh, man, I, I was a busy time and a stressful time. I thought, I'm going to go hike. And, you know, I, I got up a little later than I wanted. I got ready a little later than I wanted. I went out to Moss, Moss Rock Preserve, and I decided I wanted to hike to the top of one of the overlook things on the long trail. And I got out there, and I thought, it feels a little hot, but I'm probably okay. I hadn't hiked for a while. You know, I probably wasn't as hydrated as I should be. And, and I made it up to the top of that rock, and I looked out there, and I sat down and I thought, something's not right. <laughs> the heat index that day was 106. And I got out there and hiked, and I got back to the car, and I felt like I was dizzy, and I was probably dehydrated, and I thought, I'm going to pass out. This isn't good. I think I got heat exhaustion. I went home, and like, like my whole system was disoriented for about a week. Now, how many of you know hindsight's clear? In hindsight... I wish that I would have waited till it cooled off, or I wish that I would have waited and went another day. How many of you are like me, though? You don't like to wait. Come on, lay it up there. You don't like to wait. You get something on your mind, and when's the right time to do it? That's right, right now, right now. That's right. How, how, how many of you, uh, if you're in a traffic jam, and there's a way to go around it, but it's not faster, but you will be moving. How many of you will take it? Come on. Yes, that's right. That's right. Hey, at least I'm not sitting here dying of old age on the interstate, right? I'm moving. All right. I, 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 I suspect that many of you are like me. You just don't like to wait. And so... How do you like it when you're at a light and it turns green and the person in front of you doesn't move? See, that's the, like, you, some of you hit the horn, you, did, you know, I, didn't, I don't know who did it. Like, it's already, already there. What, what about um, when, you're, when you go to the movie theater and there's a, there's a rowdy group talking and through the coming attractions you're like, okay, that's not, but then the movie starts and they're still talking? And you're waiting for them to stop talking? How many of you that aggravates you? Yes? You're like, hey, if you want to talk, there's a thing called a mall. Go find it. We're in the movie right now. What about the doctor's office? Isn't that a great place to wait? I, I love that. You know, two o'clock appointment means whenever I get to you. <laughs> how, how many of you like to wait on slow internet? Oh, isn't that fun? Or, or in line at Walmart. I cannot for the life of me understand why Walmarts continue to build 28 registers when they know they're only going to open one of them. I don't, know, I don't know what they're thinking. And then they've got the check yourself out one. You know what I'm talking about? And you go, oh, they'll fix it. And then you go and half of those are closed. Now, why are those closed? They don't even need a person to be there. Open the thing up. Now, look, you cannot agree with what I'm about to say. You can in, in your little mind, but you can never let anybody know. You never let it out. How many of you don't like to wait on your spouse to get ready? Ah, easy. 
Careful. What about, this is my own personal, um, my own personal one. Automated phone system. My favorite thing is to call somewhere and they go, you know, for this, press one. Oh, then press again and then press again and then navigate again and then put your social security number and then tell us why you're calling and then put in the birthday and then put in your account number. And then the first thing you do when you finally get to a human is they say, what's your account number? And you go, what are we doing here? We're just taking laps, right? What I want to do is have them call me and set up my own automated system and go, I'm sorry, uh, I need to know who you're calling from and put your customer number and your employee number and your birth type and the oldest name of your child. I don't think that would work very well. Or how about waiting on a plane? You like to wait, like get on the plane, get on the runway and say, passengers, we are 27th in order to take off today. Oh, oh Lord. Just rapture us now in Jesus' name. I, I, I thought I was going up in there. I want to go all the way up. Just get it over with. How many of you ever gotten yourself in trouble because you didn't wait? Right? Well, I think that we're too often weak and we don't wait because we don't wait on God. And we try to do things in our own strength and we try to do things in our own time. And, and I think that's where uh, we get caught up sometimes because waiting isn't natural for us. It's something we have to learn. If you're strong today and you don't need anything, this message is not going to be relevant to you at all. But if you've struggled to be strong, you've struggled with sin, you've struggled uh, because you've been too weak to resist temptation, or you've struggled with decision-making, or you've struggled with your own limitations, or you're struggling because you have burdens that are too heavy to carry. Maybe you've wondered if God was real or if He cares about you. Maybe you don't even know today if you're a Christian or not, or, or, you, or you feel like you're far away from God. Then this message is for you because God has a plan, whoever all of us are, to make us strong. So look at Ephesians chapter 4.13. This is the verse that we're drawing this series from. Until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure, here's that phrase, of the fullness of Christ. Jesus has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. And it is to make you full of Jesus. Now in this series, we're just calling it Jesus Strong. So in this series, what we've been talking about is how, how is it that we become Jesus strong? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, most of us will probably recognize this verse immediately because it's quoted so often. But those who wait, there it is, but those who wait on the Lord... Will renew their strength. They'll mount up like wing, with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Now, I want to give you a little bit of the background of Isaiah chapter 40 to help us understand what this verse means. Um, Isaiah has been called the miniature Bible. So, so let me show you how this works. There's 66 books in the Bible, there are 66 chapters in Isaiah. The Old Testament has 39, the half of the Bible. The Bible's divided into two halves, Old Testament and New Testament. The Old Testament has 39 books. The New Testament has 27 books. So here's how this stacks up with Isaiah. The 40th chapter 
uh, I'm sorry, the 40th book of the Bible is the first book of the New Testament. Do you see that? The Old Testament has 39 books. So the 40th book of the, of the Bible is the new, first uh, book of the New Testament. In the same way, Isaiah, Isaiah 1 through 39 is going one direction. And then Isaiah 40 turns the corner and there's a brand new message coming to the people of God. And that's the context of Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah is writing in chapter 40 to a very discouraged group of people. They've been in exile for 70 years. Their relationship with God has become so weak that they feel like God has abandoned them. They've given up hope that God would even help them. And all of chapter 40 is a call to those people to remember who God is. So now I want to read uh, uh, Isaiah 40, 28. Here's a little snippet in that chapter. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Remember, it's a call to remember who God is. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. He will not grow tired or weary. No one can understand uh, and his wisdom no one can fathom. Now, verse 31 is the last verse of the chapter where God is calling them to remember who he is. And I want to read it to you again, but I want to read it this time out of the message. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. Isn't that great? Fresh strength. Have you, any, you ever needed fresh strength? They that wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. There are two people, this chapter tells us, that will, that will be strong. God will be strong because he will never grow tired and he will never grow weary. And the person that waits on God will get fresh strength. So they will not wear out. They will, they will remain strong. Now, some of our weakness comes from our impatience. We begin to feel pressure. Some, something's got to be done. We just start moving things around. We just start acting out of, out of uh, impatience or frustration. We oftentimes go the wrong direction or we take the wrong approach or both, and we wear ourselves out. But we've got to wait on God not only for direction but for strength to go the direction that he gives us. So let me say it this way. You cannot be Jesus strong without waiting on God. You cannot be. It's never going to happen. It's never going to be a reality unless you wait on God. And, and we know what God's will for us is in Ephesians 4.13, that we have the fullness of Christ. You can't have the fullness of Christ. This word waiting is a very interesting word in Hebrew. Here's what it means. The word, they that wait on the Lord, it means to twist. It means to twist. The idea is like you take two strands and you twist them together and make a rope. You take two strings or thread or cords or whatever, and you twist them together and you make a rope. So think about it this way. They that twist with God, they, those that allow their lives to be twisted up into God's life, they intertwine with him. You, if you see a rope, you go, I'm not even sure which thread I'm following. Because these things have become interconnected in such a way that they kind of look like the same thing. 
One big rope. They that twist with God, they that intertwine their life up in the life of God will renew their strength. There's something powerful that happens when we wait. The last thing that Jesus told his disciples before he left the earth in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but, but wait. Wait, and, 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 we, and we know, if you know the book of Acts, you know that that was God's time to pour the Holy Spirit out on the church. Now, here's the question I have. Why wait? I mean, if that was God's will from the beginning, if he knew when Jesus went to heaven, and Jesus knew when he went to heaven, that God was going to send the Holy Spirit and pour the Holy Spirit out, why, why wait? Why not just have now? Why not just receive? Why not just pour out? What's the waiting for? Something good happens in us when we wait. Because when we wait, we get closer to God, and when we wait, we get stronger in God. So it's not the going and the doing that gives us fresh strength. It's the waiting. So how do we wait? Well, waiting's not an event. You don't go, you don't go and, and wait on God once, and it's over. It's not like a blood transfusion. I'm feeling a little weak. I need, I need an iron supplement. I just need to boost my... Okay, now, now I'm back. I'm good. It's over. Waiting on God is not an event. It's a lifestyle. If you only wait on God once, you'll continue to be very spiritually weak. But if you wait on God as a lifestyle, you'll become Jesus strong. Confession is good for the heart. How many of you... Not now, but when you were younger, sometime, you, you, you used to prank call people. <laughs> come on, come on. No, no, hold it up. No, don't just wait. Hold it up. The police can't see. They're not coming for you. You used to prank call. Look at that. Most of us have prank called somebody. I, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't have all the technology and cell phones and, you know, pretty much we, and our video games weren't even good. So pretty much whatever you could make up is what you did. I mean, that was the thing. And I can remember spending the night with a couple of my friends, uh, he and his brother, and we were up too late, of course, and looking for something mischievous to do. And one of them introduced a new technology to me I had never heard about. We'd been prank calling people, you know, just randomly picking numbers. And, and, and he said, there's this new technology. Uh, it's called three-way calling. Anybody, anybody remember this? I said, what is this three-way calling? It's where you can get on the phone with three different people at the same time. And they can all hear each other and talk? I know this is, well, I think we'd call it a conference call, you know, now. So we got this clever idea. We said, you know what, we'll call seven. There weren't many things open all night back then. We'll call 7-Eleven. They're always open. That's 7 to 11. That's gone. So we called them. Hey, do you have any, you know, bleach? I don't know, whatever. Yeah, hold on. Let me go find it. Great. So while he's gone on hold, we call like Waffle House or something. Whoever else would be open. Hold on. Hey. Hey, do you got whatever? I don't know. Scrambled it, whatever it is. Yeah, hold on. Let me go check. All right. And then we put them together and waited. <laughs> and then this guy comes back and says, hey, how about those eggs? He said, What? What eggs? He goes, uh, I, I was looking for bleach. Bleach? What are you talking about, bleach? Man, I, 
I, I, do you need a reservation or something? A reservation for what, man? What are you talking about? I got bleach in a quart and bleach in a half gallon. I don't know what. Oh, man, we thought that was the greatest moment that had ever lived in the world. And we're laughing so loud, you know, and then they just hang up, and that's kind of it, uh, you know. Have you ever, have you ever um, knocked on somebody's door and ran? Come on. And then you hide in the bushes to see what happens when they come out. It, 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 you know, when they're in their house coat or something, or it's late, and they're looking out, you know, who's out there? You know, and they come on the porch, then they start wondering, you know, did I just hear something? Hide in the bushes, and then you just laugh at them, and then you go to somebody else's house. You know, sometimes we're tempted to pray like that. We just knock on the door, drop off a prayer, and run away. And you know why? Because waiting on someone's porch for them to answer the door is awkward. You ever knock on the door and you're like, hey, I wonder if they're there. Knock on the door. wonder if they only come to the doorbell. So you ring the doorbell. Dog starts barking. I mean, surely they'd hear that. Start looking in the window. You know? Get on your phone, start looking at stuff. Wonder, you know, are they coming? Are they coming? That's why we hate elevators, right? Because you get in an elevator, and there's nothing to look at, but the numbers go by. Three, four, five. The only thing worse than being awkward alone is being awkward with a stranger in a room you can't get out of. Yeah, I dare you get on an elevator next time and just face the opposite direction, see what happens, you know? Like, what are you, what's wrong with this guy? But, but, but look, waiting is important to develop our relationship with God because prayer is not just dropping off a request and leaving. It's pulling up a chair and growing our relationship with God. It's unhurried and present. And the best way I know to wait on God is prayer. Jesus had a good prayer life, and every strong believer in world history has had a good prayer life. If there's an exception, I'd love for you to tell me who it is. I don't know who it is. So here's what I want to do this morning before we leave. I just want to give you three things. If, if you want to have a good prayer life, which is what I'm saying is waiting on God, if you want to have a good prayer life, I want to give you three easy ways you can do it. Three things. There's three things if you'll do, I promise you'll have a good prayer life. Number one, you need to find a place. The, the more decisions you have to make before you pray, the more likely you are not to pray. It's important to find a place to pray. So in other words, if you get up in the morning and you say, I, I, I was going to pray today, but I, I couldn't find a place to pray. That kind of that chaos and clutter will oftentimes pull you off your prayer time. So it really doesn't matter where it is as long as it works for you. Luke 5.16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So I think it just needs to be quiet and needs to be alone. Luke 5.16 in the message says, As often as possible, Jesus withdrew to out-of-the-way places for prayer. Where do you think Jesus' strength came from? It came from his waiting, his praying, his relationship with his Father. It was Jesus' lifestyle to pull away and pray. So you need to find a place. I, 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 for years, I've been doing prayer walks. I will walk, you know... And pray as I walk. It just works for me. It's quiet. It's alone. I've been walking Buck Creek a lot lately in Alabaster and just praying and walking. And that's where it doesn't really matter where you do it. It just matters that you know where you're going to do it. And you're not trying to make it up and find it every day. 
Number two, you have a place. Now, once you get there, what do you do? I'm going to suggest you have a plan. And here's why. If you have a plan for prayer, it'll overcome a lot of the challenges of prayer because prayer can be intimidating. Have you ever heard somebody else pray and think, man, I could never pray like that? Most of us have had that experience. But a plan for prayer can give you confidence that you're praying the right direction. It'll help you to prevent from just praying the same things over and over. You're like, I already said everything I know to say. I don't know what else to say. But there are several, several different ways the Bible teaches us to pray, and oftentimes we can't remember to pray all of them. We kind of pray one way or two ways or something, but there are many different ways. So that's why I'm just encouraging you, if you want to grow in prayer, if you want to grow when you're waiting on God, you have to have some kind of plan that will help you balance those things. So I'm going to give you a couple of plans. I'm just going to throw them on the screen. You can use them or not. There's one I've used since I was a teenager, and I still use it now. I don't even know if it's the best plan. I do know it's the plan that works best for me. And that's really what you want to find. So, so here it is, A-C-T-S, Acts, adore him. So I start with worship. Change me. So I say, Lord, wash my heart, clean my mind, confront me with the things in my life that need to change, show me what they are, and give me your power that they might change. T is thank him. So I just, every day as I pray, practice gratitude of some kind. Lord, I thank you specifically for this or this. And then S is support prayers. That's just where I pray for uh, the other issues or people in my life that, that I want to pray for that day. Uh, another plan is uh, a pray, pray, praise, repent, repent ask, and yield. There, there's a lot of different prayers in the Bible you can use as a prayer outline. Matthew chapter 6 is the Lord's Prayer. You can actually read that and just walk yourself through those prayers uh, each day. Uh, Paul the Apostle has four prayers throughout the New Testament any of those would serve as a good model. Psalm 23 is a, is a nice prayer model. You can just pray through the different issues that Psalm 23 uh, surfaces. Ephesians 6.13 is the armor of God. I went through about two years of my life as a teenager where I would get up every day and I would pray through the armor of God. And, I would pray, and just pray through those different subjects. But look, pray through the plan. Here's, here's, what, here's what people are always nervous when you have a prayer plan. You say, but what about... This issue or that issue, the other. Here's what I always say. Pray the plan you got plus anything else that's on your heart. The problem is if you only pray what's on your heart, you're going to miss a lot of stuff because everything that God wants our heart isn't already on our heart. But the Word guides us in how to pray for all those other things too. So start with the plan. Pray, pray with what's on your heart. So, so how, how, do you, how do you do that? So for me, it's just like this. I start with uh, ACTS. I start with Adore Him. Here's how my prayers have been sounding lately. I, 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 I get to my place. I start to walk. I say, you know, Lord, today, um, I, just, I just came to meet you. I just came to be with you. And so today, I, I don't know why this helps me to kind of go through a list. I say, Lord, today I sit, I stand, I walk, I wait, I, I, I come to hear, I come to listen. I come to receive. I, I, just, I just came today to be with you. And so, Lord, here I am. Here I am to be with you. And, and then I just start to worship him. Lord, I, I worship you today because you're, you're awesome and you're mighty. You're powerful. You're loving. You've shown your, your character to me and your face to me. And, Lord, today I just want to walk with you. It doesn't have to be complicated. 
I just just how I start my prayer, and I just I just start praying. So uh, it's important in your prayer time that you include. I'm not going to talk about much today, but you include some kind of Bible reading too, because prayer is like the engine of your life. It gives you the it gives you the strength, but the Bible is like the steering wheel. It gives you the direction. And so, or a rudder on a boat, you ma- mash those together, and you have a, a lot of a lot of power. So, let me tell you the perfect Bible reading plan for you. I'm going to tell you. Ready? You might want to write it down. The one that you're most likely to keep doing. That's it. You don't have to make it complicated. This stuff is not complicated. The enemy wants to make it complicated, and and the world and the systems of the world and the flesh wants to make it complicated, but I'm telling you, God's not made it complicated. So you have a place and you have a plan. Here's the last thing. Three things. If you have these three things, I promise you, you'll have a good prayer life. Priority. A place. You know where you're going to go to pray. A plan. You know the direction you're going to pray when you get there. And then a priority. Matthew 6.33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. When I was in college, I heard a stat that the average pastor only prayed 10 minutes a day. And that rattled me and I thought, oh no, I don't want to be one of those kind of pastors when I get out of college. But I started looking at my own prayer life and I thought, well, if I don't change, that is what I'm going to be. So I said, I said an appointment with God. Every day, I'm not a morning person, so every day when I got out of class, I'd go drop my stuff off in my room, I'd go to the prayer chapel on campus, and I would just pray. And that's where I learned to pray. Not complicated, not, not overwhelming, I just learned to pray there. So the truth is, if you're ever going to be Jesus strong, it's only going to be because prayer has become a priority to you. Now, that doesn't mean that you have the ability to strengthen yourself. I want to wrap this all together with Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. That phrase, be strong, the verb is in the passive tense. And it doesn't mean, hey, strengthen yourself. Strengthen up, power up. That's not what it means. It's in the passive sense, and it means this is not something that you can do for yourself. It is something that is done to you. So be strong in the Lord means God does it to you. How does God do it to you? He does it to you when you walk with Him and wait on Him. You and I do not have the ability to be spiritually strong by ourselves. But when we wait on God, when we pray, when we walk with God, when we set a rhythm of our life of walking with God, God will transfer His strength off of Himself onto us and make us strong. And the key to being strong is just walking with God. Staying close to Him. When you stay close to Him, He'll make sure you stay strong. And Jesus modeled that beautifully. Ephesians 6.18, a few verses later, Paul hits this priority of prayer again. He says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So my question for you this morning and your own journey of being Jesus strong is how is your prayer life? How is your prayer life? How are your prayers going? How is your meeting time with God going? 
You don't have to stress. You don't have to get overwhelmed. You don't have to be legalistic. You don't have to look back and say, I wonder if I've prayed enough. Here's all you have to do. Look, this is all you have to do. Just pray today. So here's what I've learned. If you take care of the days, God will take care of the years. So when you get up tomorrow, just pray tomorrow. You don't have to pray Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. You don't have to pray the days that aren't here yet. You don't have to worry about the days that have already passed that you didn't pray or did pray. Just pray today. That's all you have to do. The rest is worry. (laughs) So um, I learned to pray when I was in college because as I would go up to that prayer chapel, what I would actually do is I would take everything out of my pockets. This is You don't have to do this, but it helped me just to, to engage physically. I would take my wallet, I'd take my jewelry off, I'd take my keys out of my pocket, I'd take everything off, and I would just uh, kneel there. And I would say, God, all, the, all this stuff, all this stuff represents possessions that I didn't have when I came into the world, and I'm not gonna take with me when I leave the world. But what I will take with me is my relationship with you. So today, I just want to meet with you. All this stuff really doesn't mean anything. What means something is that I I know you and I meet with you. So I would do that every day for about a year or two. I did that every day. I'd come and throw that stuff on the view, and I'd wonder, and nobody stole it when I was walking away. You know, I'm surprised nobody came in. College students are hungry. You never know. But I'd just walk away, and I would pray and worship. And can I tell you something? I just met God, and it changed my life. So this morning, would you stand with me? Before we go, I I, want to pray that God will give you a hunger for prayer, and God will give you a hunger to meet with Him. I want to ask our prayer team if you'd come this morning. Every eye closed, and would you just open your heart, please? Holy Spirit, I ask you today that you draw every person that needs to be drawn. God, I pray you draw every person that needs to meet you. I pray you draw every person that needs prayer. I pray you draw every person that needs to be close to you. God, I pray today that you would draw every person that you've been talking to by the power of your spirit. Lord, that we would feel a call. We would feel a call to your greatness. We'd feel a call to your presence. We'd be stirred inside this morning to know you more. If you're here today and and you need prayer, I want you to begin to respond and just find your way to one of our prayer team. You can, you can uh, look at one of our prayer team, find someone you want to pray with you, and I want you just to begin to move and, and, uh, and let them pray with you. If you're feeling weak, you have a decision you have to make, I mean, I don't want you to leave this place moving in your own strength. You need to leave this place moving in the strength of God, and that strength comes from prayer. So this morning, if you need prayer, if you need to meet with God, if you need an answer about something, if you, if you have an unmet need in your life, if you're struggling, if you're facing temptation, if you're facing discouragement, I want, I want you to begin to move toward the prayer team and let them pray with you and minister to you. And I promise you as prayer enters your heart, as you begin to pray with someone, the strength of God is going to come on your life because you're meeting with Him. You're waiting on Him for direction and strength power and encouragement in life. So Lord, today we commit this moment to you as the worship team begins to sing. I want everybody just take a minute and let's just